0: You know, I just cannot get away from preaching on the kingdom of God. I can't get away from it. It's something, it is amazing from from the beginning of Matthew to the end of John. All four of those books of the Bible, letters of the Bible. Jesus, about 75 to 80% of the time, that's what he talked about was the kingdom. He came to preach the kingdom of God. He didn't come here to preach his ideas, his ways of thinking. He came to preach the kingdom. What have I shared with you? And we haven't been on this in a while, but maybe since the middle of March. But the kingdom of God is the realm in which God is in dominion and his will is fulfilled. Another piece of that definition of the kingdom is God's way of thinking and doing. <clears throat> and and this has to be our focus today the way god thinks and the way god operates <clears throat> is if we focus that way if we focus on that then we can operate in his kingdom here on the earth you know this 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 life is not an easy life it's just not easy it's simple it's really simple doesn't, it's not that difficult to live a good and a prosperous and a healthy and do what's right life. It life. It, it's, it's very simple, but it's not easy to do that day to day. So many distractions. And so we've got to understand how God operates, how God thinks, how God does what he does, and then flow with that and operate in that. Um, and so today I want to review with just two or three verses that we've looked at, uh, or two or three passages that we've looked at, and then I've got a couple other stories about the kingdom of God that Jesus talked about and how important it is, And and I just want to drive home what he is trying to get across. What he did is, what Jesus did is he used analogies of everyday life. He talked about the kingdom regarding fishing he wasn't talking about the fish, he was talking about the kingdom, and he used fishing to talk about the kingdom, right? I mean, he used all kinds of examples. He, he, one of the stories we're going to read today, he, he talked about, about working, about hiring people, and he said, this is what the kingdom of God is like, about hiring people on, on a job. He's not talking about work-related issues. He used those as examples to drive his point home about the kingdom and how he thinks and he operates. And I love that he was he was very very practical. How many have watched the Chosen? watch it, okay. If you haven't watched the Chosen, you, all you got to do is download the app, and it's free. I mean, you can give towards it if you want to, but you but it's free. And and, and the thing I like about the Chosen is that it's very it it portrays Jesus and his guys as very simple people, you know, and yet. Profound. He has depth to him, but he's very simple and he's easygoing. He he wants to flow with people. And, and when season three starts, you're gonna see the seriousness arise. But he's still a simple guy and he loves people, you know, and that's who Jesus is. And, he, and he's very practical, knowing that people are not gonna understand kingdom principles. Why I said this to you before when I taught on this, the, the kingdom of God is in code. <laughs> It's in code. It's like in some other language that you can't understand when you first start reading scripture. Well, you know, I tried to read the Bible, but man, it's really confusing. It's in code. Until it gets in your heart, it's in code. And we got to decode it, right? We got to get the cipher and decode it and understand what it says. And, and what is the cipher? The Holy Ghost. He's the spirit of truth. He came here to reveal all truth to us so we know how God thinks and we know how God operates. Can you say amen? amen? Luke 12 and verse 29. We've read this a lot, but I want to go back and just remind you of some things we talked about. Isn't the word of God amazing? Isn't the word of God amazing? I mean, you, you've, you've heard me. I mean, you've you probably read this passage of Scripture many times. You've heard me on this since where we started the kingdom, I think the first of June. There was some breaks in there with it, but I've read this every single time, and when I read this right now, you'll think, man, I don't remember him even talking about that verse. (laughs) The scripture is saying that verse. That's how powerful the word is. You get something. Every time you hear it, you'll get something new. Amen? Father, today I thank you for revelation flowing to your people from your word. From your word. Revelation is flowing to their lives in the name of Jesus. Thank you for it, Father. Woo! Glory to God. He said, And do not seek what you should eat, what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. No anxiety. No anxiety. For all these things the nations of the world seek after, So God don't want you to be like the nations. He wants you seeking Him. He knows you live in the nations, but He doesn't want you to think like the nations. And your Father knows that you have need of all these things that the nations seek after, but here's the deal. He's going to get it to you in a different way, and that's what the kingdom is about. See, so much of the time... It can look like in God's kingdom, because of what you're developing in your mind and your understanding, it can look like the kingdom isn't working for you at times. Anybody ever felt that way? I got both hands up. There's times when, you know, it's like, it's not working, something's not happening, right? But it takes time because God wants it in your heart before He wants it manifested in the natural that's why it seems like sometimes God's late. Man, God, hurry it up. You don't know my situation. Oh, yeah, he knows your situation better than you know, and he knows why you're in your situation. <laughs> what he's trying to do is get you out of it and keep you out of it. Did you hear me? And that's why just times it just seems like, man, it is not working. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's got to work in you. You've got to get it in your heart so you can decode what he's trying to get over to you. But seek the kingdom. This is Luke 12 and in Matthew 6, it says it's the same story but Matthew's account. And, and Matthew says in the 33rd verse, he said, but seek the kingdom of God first. So I'm just adding it to this account. That's what he's saying. But, but seek the kingdom first. Go after the kingdom's way of thinking and operating and doing, and then you're not going to think like the world thinks. But we all think like the world thinks, so it's a battle constantly. We're battling back and forth all the time, but the more we seek the kingdom, then we get that thinking straightened out. Because what did he say about your mind? No anxiety, no worry, no fret. So everything you're fretting over, that's got to stop, but it's got to stop because you believe it's got to stop. And the only way it's going to stop is if you stop it. What does that mean? Your choice. Yeah, but Pastor, you don't know because it was because of it. No, it's because you chose to be anxious. Yeah, but 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 I had these people coming and this person. This yeah, but you chose to be anxious. You chose to worry about that. You chose to fret over that situation. Right there, it's a choice. We got to change our chooser. We've got to change our attitude concerning what we're going to choose. Listen, if I chose to do what's right because I felt like it, I might do it about a fourth of the time. Can you say amen? Sorry, I've got to get my, my iPad locked and I had to get my thumb impression in there some reason, it's a little shaky. <laughs> anyway, what am I saying? Um, kingdom. What was the last thing I said? Hmm? Yeah, right. And, and thank you. No, no anxiety. It's a choice. It's a choice to choose worry. So, if I, if, I, if I only chose not to worry and not to fret on days when I didn't feel like fretting, like I said, it's, it's, that would not be a lot of the time. We have to choose to do it every single time. And the more you make the choice, the more empowered you get to do what's right. And then you won't worry because you realize, what am I worrying about? What am I fretting over? Huh? I, I mean, a lot of times there's things that you're dealing with with other people. They're not worrying. They're not fretting. They're relaxing and you're fretting and you're stir, stirred up stewed up and and I mean ready to you know just take someone out when you don't have to be that way but it's a choice i choose you know what helps me it helps me and actually my wife taught me this through the years just watching her but and, and w- w- what i've made my own in that in that realm today is that when there's something to fret over I find something else to do. I'm going to get busy because fretting and anxiety creates like this, you know, this paralyzed life where you just kind of sit, you mope, you think about yourself, you meditate on what's not happening and all that. No, get busy doing something productive and all along declaring the word. It's not just doing something productive and changing your environment because then you'll just be busy all the time changing your environment. You'll wear yourself out that way. But get your mind off of that. Do something else and begin to thank God in the midst of what you're doing and you'll watch it change. But, but you have to do it. And then you wake up the next day and you can't look back on the fact that you did it. You've got to do it again. Because the Bible says in, in Matthew 6, right after the verse about seeking the kingdom, the Bible says, each day has the care of its own. Focus on today and today only. Don't be looking a week from now. I mean, you know, you got to set schedules and things that you need to do in the future or whatever, but don't be worrying about that. Don't be fretting over how am I going to take care of that. Focus on today, make the choices today to do what's right, not fret, not be anxious, is what he said, to live with an anxious, free mind. He said we can do it, then we can do it with his help. (laughs) We can't lose. I mean, if I got his help, him, his, his help to not be anxious, I mean, it's, it's not easy, but it's simple. Just make the choice. But I want to focus on the last part of, on verse 34 here. He says, do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you The kingdom. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure. It pleases Him to give you the kingdom. Listen to me. Everything that we overcome today is preparing us for tomorrow and eternity. I'm going to say it again. Everything that I overcome today is preparing me to overcome tomorrow and preparing me to live that overcoming life in eternity. I mean, this, this may like touch on, kind of step on people's toes a little bit, but just I want you to think about this. There is nothing to fear of death. He said, what did he say? Do not fear, little flock. There's nothing to be afraid of concerning death because if you know him, when you leave this body, it's not death. It's what everybody calls it, but it's not death. (laughs) It's life to life, right? This body's gone, it falls to the ground, but you're stepping over into the rest of eternity. This part of it is a very, very, very short period of time. But here, we have resistance to our faith. We have resistance to kingdom thinking. Over there, it's kingdom thinking and kingdom rules and it reigns and it's operating and there's no resistance. But what I overcome today in the midst of the resistance prepares me for, what's today? 12th? Today's the 12th. So what I'm overcoming today in the 12th, when, where, where, where I have a choice to be anxious and fret and be overcome by natural circumstances, when I make the choice not to be, then I'm preparing myself for September the 13th. 14th and on and for eternity see because you're not going to live like the devil and then get to heaven and everything's just going to be floating around drinking iced tea all day right the word is the same yesterday and forever walking by faith is was the same when it first started it's the same today and it'll be the same forever You'll walk by faith, the difference is there's no resistance, but you're still going to have to learn how to do it. I think what pleases God more than anything is that we learn here how to overcome in the midst of the resistance, so when we get on the other side and there's no resistance, it's no difference. (laughs) There's no difference. It's not, we get over on the other side and it's, oh my gosh, I finally made it. He didn't want that. No. No. We just step over into eternity keep moving keep doing keep doing the same things he wants it to be a way of life right now kingdom way of thinking kingdom way of operating in the midst of all kinds of hell breaking loose and going on and things happening and people and ideas and all all this kind of stuff but it's his idea that matters can you say amen that's why from this pulpit All we do is present you what the Word says. Because if we give you what the Word says and you have the Holy Ghost and He can reveal to you what you really need to know about all of it, then it's win-win and you're on top and you're not underneath. You're blessed coming in, going out. Everything you set your hand to will prosper in advance. Why? Because you're meditating on the Word. But if you don't get the Word and you get it watered down, and just kind of what we, we're we going to give you what you really want to hear. No. No, there'll be times, and it has been many times, when we preach things that maybe that's not what you wanted to hear, but it'll help you if you do something with it, because what we're doing is giving you the Word, but then you've got to make sure that the Word you're hearing taught is exactly what God is saying to you. You understand? You can't believe it just because of me. When the when, uh, Andre was here last week and prophesied over different people's lives and actually brought prophetic words the way that he did. You can't believe that just because the guy said it. You, you, we can't be led by prophets. You can't be led by your pastor. You have to be led by the Holy Ghost. But it takes the word. It takes the word being preached that gives the Holy Spirit something to reveal. That's the process. That's the kingdom way of thinking. Can you say amen to that? Um, One of of the really good things in Matthew 6 and verse 9, one of the really good things to say over yourself on a daily basis is what verse 9 and 10 say. It's part of the Lord's prayer. He said, in this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come. Father, I thank you that your kingdom has come. I thank you that your kingdom is alive on the inside of me. Lord, I thank you for your will to be done through my life. Listen, where the kingdom has come and the, and the kingdom is being established in a person's life, the will of God begins to be done. When his way of thinking is in operation in your life, then his will gets accomplished. Whew, Man. Father, thank you. I mean, I I tell you what, taking that right there, that's part of my daily confession right there. Lord, thank you that you've sent your kingdom. Your kingdom has come. Lord, I want your kingdom manifested in a greater way. I want your kingdom revealed in a greater way inside of me. Lord, because I want your will done. Those kind of declarations out of your mouth daily, thanking, I mean, you just take a couple of minutes. You may be at work and doing something. You may be driving down the highway and and all of a sudden the thoughts about that come to you. Man, put it to work. Begin to thank God that His kingdom has come and His will is being done in your life. Can you say amen to that? Thank God for the kingdom. Amen. I want you to turn to Mark chapter 10. I want to read this story. It's a Most of you probably, well, you know, some of you know this story. And it's a story about the rich young ruler, and I just want to read through it real quickly. Now, as he was going on the road, one came running, and he knelt before him, and he asked him, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. So you can see pride in his actions, right? Because we're talking about, remember, we're talking about kingdom, and you'll see that through, this, through the rest of this passage here. But you can see pride in, in what he's kept the things that he's done, there's, a, there's an actual pride there, but yet there's a hunger in him. You realize you can have a hunger and still be dealing with some pride. I mean, everybody, not, not just yeah, a couple of people, everybody, you know. If you say you don't have pride, that's pride. So, so we caught you already. <laughs> anyway, he said, um, He said, all, all these things that I've kept. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him. And he said to him, one thing you lack. Everybody say one thing. one thing. He said, one thing you lack. Go your way. Sell whatever you have or all that you have, one translation says. Give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross and follow me. Now, let me just ask you people that know how to give. If God told you to give everything that you had, and you were at a place in your life where you were willing to give that, would that produce lack based on what you know from the Word, is what I'm saying, okay? You, I mean, let's just say you everything you had was in a bank account, and you drained the bank account. Would that produce lack if God told you to do that? No. No. And a lot of people think that what the problem with this rich young ruler was is that he had money. And, and we're going to read this, and I want to explain a couple things here because you need to know if you've ever thought that about this story, it's wrong, it's bogus. He said, give all that you have and give it to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven, and come take up your cross and do what? What? follow me, follow my way of thinking. But he was sad at this word, and he went away, sorrowful, for he had great possessions, more than likely, multiple businesses, very wealthy, he, because the title over this passage of, of this part of, of uh, Mark chapter 10 is, the rich young ruler. He was rich. Everybody say rich. Rich. He was rich, and Jesus told him to give everything away, and he was rich. I mean, just stop and think about, you know, if you own, if you're a business person and you own business, or you have your own business, or you own multiple businesses, and Jesus comes to you and says, and and he's telling you, sell everything you have, I mean, what's the first thing you're thinking about? What do you mean, sell everything I have? What do you mean, give everything I have and give it away? Man, I got employees. I got to take care of this. What about this and that and that? I mean, I mean, his mind's going in every direction. Jesus knew that. Why did he say that? Because Father told him to. Because he never said anything. Well, but, you know, it's the thing about giving everything away. Well, maybe we're going to come back to that. But let's look at this story, Luke chapter nineteen and verse one. <clears throat> Luke nineteen and one. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was what? Was what? Oh, he's like the rich young ruler. But he had done some ugly things because, you know, IRS people are mean. No, I'm just kidding. (coughs) No, no, no. I'm just joking. (laughs) But in those days, they were not nice people, evidently, from what I hear. And he sought to see who... Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was a short guy. Amen? So he ran ahead and he climbed up into a a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I will stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. So here they are, here they all are, but watch, watch what happens. But when they saw it, who's they? A bunch of complainers and all this. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, he is going to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. And watch this. Then Zacchaeus said this. He stood and said to the Lord, 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 I will give you half of my goods to the poor and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation I will restore fourfold and Jesus said no it's all or nothing he didn't say that he wasn't after the rich young ruler's money and getting all that he had what he was after is that money didn't have him. The rich young ruler, when Jesus told him to sell everything he had and get to the poor, he was set up to be the next Solomon. <laughs> this guy was a rich guy, but he was going to bypass even Solomon and everybody else because Jesus, in the story of the rich young ruler, let he said at the end of it, or verse 31, he said, Let it never be said that anyone will give anything away, that he'll not in this life receive hundredfold. He was set up to become the next Solomon. That's kingdom way of thinking. That's the way the kingdom thinks. See, when you start talking about money with some people, they get real edgy and and upset and not sure, especially in church. When people in church start talking about money, ooh, I don't know about this. See, but and, and, and some people, when you start talking about the rich young ruler or, and, and, you're, and you're saying what I'm saying, some people in their minds can start thinking, okay, what's his angle here? How's he going to maneuver this into an offering? You know, how's he going to try to get my money? I don't, I'm not trying to get anything. I don't want it. God doesn't want it. God doesn't want your money. He wants your heart. And, and, and the number one way to a person's heart is their money. That's why he came up with the brilliant idea of people tithing. Hmm? The tithe isn't the 90th part, right? It's the 10th part. So if you have a $1,000, then the tithe is 100 of the 1,000. The other 90 is for you to do what the Lord tells you to do with it. See, it's it's a small part. It's not a big part. It's a small part. And if you can be faithful in little, God will make you rule over much. That's kingdom thinking. See, what we're talking about is kingdom. This is all kingdom stuff. It's not, not, I mean, the math is very simple here, right? But it's not easy to release it when you're not accustomed to that in your life. So it has to become something in your heart. You've got to get it in your heart. And decode what it's really about because it's not about money, it's about the condition of a person's heart. And here, in this story of Zacchaeus, Jesus being in his presence, the man's convicted to give half of everything that he has and convicted of restoring fourfold to everybody that he's ever cheated. Look what Jesus said. Everybody say say this after me. Jesus said this. Yeah, okay. He said this, what I'm fixing to read. Today, salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham for the son of man has come to seek and save that which was lost. He was answering all those naysayers You know, what's this with Jesus? He's having lunch and coming to the house of a sinner. Yeah, because they need it. Jesus' presence there caused conviction to come to his life, and he was willing to release what had had a control over his life all of his life, but he chose. And the rich young ruler that we know of, at least in Scripture, didn't choose. I feel like he did later. But he didn't choose. And when Zacchaeus chose and salvation came to his home, <laughs> the story's over, huh? there was generations of little bitty Zacchaeuses <laughs> that served God because he made a choice. Amen? He made a choice to think like the kingdom and not like the world. And up to that point, you know, you know what, you know what I kind of think maybe had happened? Maybe... Maybe he was standing around when the situation with the rich young ruler happened. Wow, that guy didn't choose. I'm rich like he is. Hmm. Maybe it could have happened. So back to my story about the rich young ruler, and let me finish this. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words. Why? Because they were people of substance. All his disciples were people of substance, ha- had money. They weren't necessarily all as rich as this guy was, but they all had money. They were, they were professional fishermen and bankers and tax collectors and different, whatever it is that they were. They all had successful businesses, most of them. And so they were kind of shocked. Well, what is that? What about us? And so notice what he said. He said, and the disciples were astonished at his words, but Jesus answered again and said to them, children, how hard is it for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God? That's what he was, that was his point. You can't trust riches and God. You'll trust one or the other. You can trust God and have riches, or you can trust riches and not really have an an all out relationship with God that is functioning and flowing. So, what I see through the scripture is time and time again the kingdom way of thinking is get riches. And the trust enriches out of your life, the trust enriches out of your life, so that you can trust God, put your faith in God, and you can have anything and everything that he says you can have. He'll meet every need in your life according to his riches, which are far beyond anything that has ever been accumulated on planet Earth. That's everybody on planet Earth today. That's his riches. And he'll make sure every need in your life is met. And not only that, He'll give you the desires of your heart. I don't know about you, but I got some desires. How about you? And He said He will give them. But you can't allow money and possessions to control your life. It's got to be God first. And the way you get there is to seek the kingdom first on a day-to-day basis. Seeking the kingdom through the Word and the Holy Spirit revealing the truth to your life. That's how we do it. We talk about that a lot around here. <clears throat> but Jesus answered again and said to them, Children, how hard is it for those who trust in riches? I already read that. Um, he said, It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And what he's talking about is a person that trusts in riches. And he didn't say the kingdom of heaven. He didn't say... He wasn't talking about heaven itself. He's talking about in this life, operating and living in the kingdom, God's way of thinking and operating way of life. Easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a person that trusts in riches to enter into the kingdom way of thinking. That's what he's saying. And they were greatly astonished among themselves. Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, With men, it's impossible. But now with God, for with God, all things are possible. And who, 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 who can enter in, who can be saved, who can enter into God's way of thinking when you trust God? See, with men trying to figure it out, it's impossible. But now with God, not when you got the Holy Ghost, not when you got the Word of God, and the Word of God is preached to you, and then Holy Spirit is revealing to you. Nothing is impossible with God. So I'm telling you today. If you're developing your riches or you've got an overflow of riches, the key to your success and your longevity and your future is seeking God's way of thinking and operating and doing. And some of those ways are the things that we're talking about today. Jesus looked at them and and he said, I'll read this again, with men it's, it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. Then Peter began to say to him, See, though, Lord, we've left all to follow you. See? False humility. Yeah, but, but Jesus, we, we should get this blessing and we should get all this stuff. And you know, uh, James and John's mother, they wanted, you know, she wanted them to sit one at his left and one at his right hand, you know. And and you know, Peter wanted all kinds of things and he you know, they all wanted to be this and, 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 and to be that and yet and yet the key to you're my position in this life is trusting Him, not trying to gain a position. Because Jesus goes on to say, after Peter says this, He goes on to say that let no one say that they've given this away or sown this or given up families or houses or anything else that you'll not in this life receive hundredfold with persecution. (laughs) That's why you need God for that much more too. Not, Not just for the blessing that comes, you need the wisdom to know what to do with it. But you need to know how in the midst of the blessings coming that you deal with persecution. But when we do, it's a win-win. We win every single time. Not only do we know how to be blessed and operate in, in God's blessing and, and, and the riches of the world, but we know how also to deal with persecution when it comes. Because when you don't know how to deal with persecution, when persecution comes and you react, you can lose your wealth. But when wealth comes because of God, because you're thinking kingdom way of of operating in in, in the earth, and persecutions come, you don't lose your wealth because you gave in to the persecutions. You overcome every persecution. Paul said it himself. Many of the persecutions that come against the righteous, but my God has delivered me from every one. The Bible says Paul is in deaths often. Him back up, arose from the dead. Must have often. We know of two accounts in Scripture, but must have. It says he was in deaths often, at the at the point and the door of death often because of the persecutions coming against him because of what he was preaching. They couldn't take him out. He didn't end until he said, "I'm done." Right, and he told Timothy. He said. I'm done, I, I, I've, I've run the course, I finished my race, I kept the faith, I did what God told me to do, and now I'm done. He knew he was done. And until that time, they tried to kill him in every different way, and they couldn't kill him because it wasn't his time, and he trusted God, and he overcame every persecution to the point that he got thrown in jail a number of different times and had, got ways out of the jail that were actually legal. I mean when you're in the jail and you start praising God and all the doors open and all the jailers get saved <laughs> you're only in there. <laughs> you're only in there because you're saved. And if they all get saved, then I mean, you know, doors open, see you later. <laughs> I mean it just it's just a win-win, right? You you can't lose with that when you think the kingdom, you can't lose. You can't lose. <clears throat> So, I want to read this last story found in Matthew 20. And the first verse says this For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Kingdom thinking is like this this is the way the kingdom thinks and the way the kingdom operates. And I'm not going to read the whole story, but <clears throat> the landowner went out and he found some people to work and he gave them a fair day's wage. They started at nine o'clock in the morning, whatever it was, and they were going to work till five, a nine to five job. And he was going to pay him a fair day's wage. Well, he went out about the third hour, you know, about maybe three hours later, and he found some guys and he said, uh, uh, go to work for me, and I will fa- I will pay you a fair rate. I'll pay. No, he said I'll pay you whatever's right. And you know what they said? No contract. The first guys had a contract, but the second guys, three hours later, they went on faith. And then he did it. He did it three more times, and he said the exact same thing to all of them at different times. The last group that he hired was in the last hour. They didn't even have time to sweat. And he said, I'll, I'll, do, I'll pay you what's right. You think about it. If I, if I go find somebody that I don't know and it's about 12 noon, and I said, you know what, I need, uh, I need uh, the church property mowed and I'll pay you a fair rate well, how much is that going to be? I'm just going to pay you a fair rate. And let's just say that guy knows me and he knows what I'm asking and he just thinks, well, you know what? He said he'll he'll pay me a right right rate. He'll do what's right in this situation, so I'm going to trust him. In this situation, when it was all over with, right at the end of this story, the guy the landowner told the person that, was, that worked for him that paid these people, he said, I want you to pay the guy that I hired last first and the guy I hired first last. And so here's the end of this story. <clears throat> and he said, He said, these last men have worked only one hour, and you have made them equal. These are the guys that were that hired at nine. You, uh, uh, they worked one hour, and you made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a, for a denarius, which is just a, a fair day's wage? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give you, I give to this last man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I'm good? So the last will be first, and the first last. For many are called, but few are chosen. And the point that I want to make is this. In the kingdom, in the kingdom way of thinking, faith is always rewarded. There are things that you're due. You get hired for a job, you sign a contract, you're going to get paid a certain wage, you know, or a salary or hourly wage or whatever it is that you are, and, and so you're due that. And, and if you want more money and you want things to not to be different there, um, it's not on them, it's on you to pursue that. People say, well, it's on, uh, the boss should raise me because I've done a good job. No, it's on you to say and prove what you've done. But when you do something by faith, like I said, if I told someone to come and I'll pay, pay him a fair wage. If somebody had worked out here and, and cleaned the property or whatever for... Um, you know, for eight hours, and I paid them ten dollars an hour just for a regular amount, just for an even amount. I paid them ten dollars an hour, and they were working. And then I found some other guys. You know, we need—they need some help. And so, at the end of the day, I paid them ten dollars. So, at the end of the day, the guys that worked the eight hours—what's uh, that? Ten and eight—as eighty dollars. So. They made $80, but but the guy that came at 12, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to pay him the same thing. Now, for me, if I was going to do that, I wouldn't tell the guy (laughs) that I hired first. But I chose to bless the guy. We had a contract with the first guy, but the second guy, he took me at my word, and I felt a reason to bless him. When you go and eat in a restaurant and somebody's your waiter and and, um, you know there's three of you and they they put a 25% tip on there and I didn't get to do that myself it's different than when somebody trusts you You there's a lot of people that don't tip people right you're going to go eat in a restaurant tip them I mean let them like The fact you came in and like it when you come back. Did you hear what I said? Tip them well. But when somebody tries to force that on me, it's different than if I'm free to do what I want because I'm I'm a trusted tipper. Did you hear what I said? No, they don't know that or whatever. But there's a difference in something that you do and something that you have faith for. And faith is always rewarded always. Faith will never be let down. When you trust God for what he is doing in your life and you're in a situation like the rich young ruler and you've been walking with God and one day God tells you to do something, not from manipulation, not because somebody's trying to get your money, not anything else, but God comes to you and he says, I want you to give all you have and give to the poor. Give to whatever, give to this situation or whatever. And you do that, that will produce hundredfold in this life. Because he told you to give a certain amount, and you did it because he said, not because someone else told you. You didn't have a contract. You don't have to do it. You can choose to do whatever you want to. But when you choose by faith to trust that what God's word says will produce, instead of what you can imagine and dream up in your mind or try to make happen within yourself, When you trust him and you have faith in him, you'll always be rewarded. Can you say amen today? What we're talking about is kingdom thinking. It's the way the kingdom operates. I don't know about you. I want to live and operate and stay in the kingdom like never before. There's never been a time in the history of the world, like I said earlier, that people need kingdom people operating in kingdom way of thinking and and delivering kingdom results so that they can be encouraged that this life is not all there is, that what's happening on this planet is not the final say-so, what God says is the final say-so. Can you say amen to that? Things that you see happening that you can't understand, there are things in governments everywhere in the United States, all over the planet, things that are happening in government but they're not the final say-so. God is. If you do what you are supposed to do from what God's Word says, seek His kingdom first, His way of thinking and operating, and everything else will be added to you His way. Can you say amen?